Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. Chris here. Hope you're doing well and staying safe as always. And we are back once again with another episode of the podcast. Don't know why I struggle to remember that. <laughs> um, and of course, because we're back talking about SWPL, there's nobody else I'd rather have with me than Campbell Finlayson. Campbell, how are you doing, buddy? For once, Chris, I can come on and say I'm happy with life. Know that that makes me sound pure depressed constantly, but <laughs> I'm always moaning. But I know just a couple of moments on Sunday coming home, we're just just happiness for a change. Every time I say that, something goes wrong, so I'm fully expecting to be raging by Friday, but for now, I'm very, very pleased with everything, so yeah, I'll be the positive one for a change. Cool. I mean, I'm positive. I'm just tired a lot at the moment, but uh, yeah, don't caveat it by saying things are going to go bad. It's going to be awesome all the time, mate. Um, um, We are here, obviously, to talk about SWPL. Again, full fixture card at the weekend. We've also had the draw for the Champions League in the next round of the last 32, as Glasgow City made it 10 years in a row in that, in that series of tournament. And there's some Scotland stuff as well happening this weekend in, in terms of junior qualifiers and some other World we live in stuff, which I'm sure we'll, we'll cover, um, which will be fun, I'm sure. But let's let's start with the football and let's rewind to Friday, Cam, which feels like it was ages ago now, if I'm being totally honest with you, mate. Um, Hibs at home to Celtic in the live game on BBC Oliver. Um, Hibernian to Celtic 6. It was a... a, a st- a bit of a strange game, Campbell, especially in that first half, I thought. I think um, it was actually played pretty well, early on, to be honest. And then Celtic getting two really quick goals kind of took it away from a bit. They were, Celtic were just clinical. And then it was like every time they came forward, they were scoring. And when you're 5-1 up at half-time, it looks like a bit of a pumping. But to be honest, Hibs were, played some good stuff. I think they were that bad. There's not as bad as the scoreline would suggest to you, anyhow. And, um, but I think for Celtic... Here in Alonso, they seem to be happier with Celtic's second half performance. Which, when you draw half one each, having scored five goals in the previous half, a bit weird, but it just shows you kind of all you need to know about Celtic and the standards they're setting themselves. So it's it's just strange all around. I think there's a few games like that this weekend, but it's a great win for Celtic, although one that maybe doesn't really, the scoreline maybe doesn't quite reflect Hibbs' performance. Yeah, I thought that um, Hibs started the game uh, far more on the front foot than I've seen in these these other two kind of games against the, the big, let's call it the big four for, oh no, that sounds very EPL, don't like that, um, against Rangers Celtic and Glasgow City, that's far better, um, but I thought they started on the front foot a, a lot better on Friday night, um, I was planning to go to the game, but with the current restrictions that are in place in the west coast of Scotland, I didn't think it was prudent for me to do that, um, and also it was on the telly, which is great, means I got to watch it. Um, Celtic obviously got, a, as you say, kind of hip started very quickly, and then kind of Celtic, I thought, got the first goal a little bit against the runner play. Um, Dodie Bart opening the scoring after not getting the goal she thought she should have had um, last week, uh, the week prior against Rangers, and then uh, Anita Marcos making it two very quickly. Um, Hibs got a goal back through Rachel Boyle, penalty, um, and then Anita Marcos scored a third, uh, Lisa Robertson uh, with a fourth um, long range, bit of an SWPL goal, uh, and then Natalie Robertson adding a fifth, as you mentioned, so we'd make it 5 1 at half time. And it was one of those games I was, I was speaking to somebody about it, and I was just like, I can't describe this game to you because I would say that this is probably the most progressive I've seen Hibs play for a while. But as you mentioned, Celtic were just clinical, and I think as, as good as it was to see Hibs kind of go, go on the front foot a bit more. The balance seemed to be off, and for me, the goals weren't great in terms of what they conceded either in terms of the defensive shape or maybe the goalkeeper could have done a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of think back to Friday, I think we were going to discuss at the time Hibs goalkeeping options. And Sophie Allison has had a good start to the season, but I think it'd be fair to say she was kind of at fault for a few of the goals, especially the, the long range strikes on a Green's goal. Um, Lisa Robertson, obviously, in particular as well, were just shots that are pretty much straight down the goal and then just positioning hand and kind of mix everything that it's went through them and you, you always feel Fribs I think like as you're saying they were a bit more progressive which um, given of like we're always saying about the players they're losing it's it's never easy especially when you see the likes of Celtic and Rangers and City strengthening their sides um, so it was it was almost as if you've seen them against the likes of Rangers the set up defensively there and kind of contain Rangers a lot more, whereas with Celtic, being a wee bit more expansive, you, you end up getting picked off, and that's exactly what happened. I think really Celtic had many chances, but they took them all, and that's that's going to be how you're winning games, and it's maybe a lesson for Hibs not to quite not to be quite so gung ho 
in the future and maybe sort of change your tactics in relation to how you set up the game and the opponent rather than yourself. I think that's a, there's a there's definitely a, a, another a good point in there, man. Because for me, the thing that struck me about Celtic um, when they played Rangers the week prior was that they were very happy to kind of play on the counter and try and soak up a bit of the pressure and then kind of hit quickly. They've also got players that can do that, particularly in Summer Green and, and Rita Marcos, and they kind of bleeding into the team a little bit more as well. And they've obviously got experience in midfield with Lisa Robertson and, and Natalie Ross. Um, so yeah, I thought well, Hibs going forward, I think it was the right thing to do. I think if they'd sat back. Uh, wouldn't they may have got a result of it, but I don't think it would have. I, I think it would have maybe had that same the same level of what would have happened if they kind of gone for a little bit. So they did that. Maybe didn't quite go to plan. Obviously, uh, Charlotte Potts got to go back just after half time, and then uh, Summer Green, as you mentioned already, added six. Um, and then from that point on, Campbell, I thought we were going to end up with like a nine six or something mental like that. Because at that point, especially just after Summer Green's goal, you thought this this could go absolutely anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's those two goals, just kind of quick, quick succession at the start of the half, and then you've got another pretty much 40 minutes thinking, right, there's going to be goals here, and there just wasn't. It was like it was Celtic, kind of, I think they knew by this point they were winning the game, Hibs, and they get a wee bit frustrated. They're, they're never a side that loses goals that heavily, even against the likes of City over the last few years, other than the cup final, where even then we then scored three. They were they're never really a team to lose many goals, so it was kind of a wee bit surprising in that aspect, but in it up to be a mix of that and a mix of Celtic kind of just not being not clinical but not not taking the game on the front foot is really given the kind of new right we're four goals ahead here and chances of throwing it away are, are very slim so it was aye it was a strange one the way it kind of played out but I think it, once teams that have got that experience get in front they know how to sort of play it out to, to an end and with Hibs you're kind of you're not wanting to go and really attack and lose too many goals. So it, it kind of it's always a tough one when you're getting beat by a few. You don't want to you don't want to just go at the opponent. It's, it was one was like you said it could have been any score line, but I think in the end both teams sort of realised the game was hitting and just played out to quite an uneventful second half. Yeah, it was a, a fairly uneventful second half. Um, I think conditions started to play a little bit into that as well. Um, I think there's probably one thing we do need to talk about from the second half, and that was um, the tackle from Javon Hunter on the 77th minute. Um, I, I kind of saw it the first time, and I, I just saw a free kick, and then the replay, it didn't look great. I think that's what I tweeted out at the time. Um, it was one of those ones where a uh, yellow card was given. I could have seen that given as a red Campbell. Um, I, I, there seemed to be something going on at full time that we don't really know about because um, obviously we were watching it on the telly with everybody else. But um, what was your thoughts on that tackle? For me, it was like orange heading towards red. I see it being talking about decisions like this and offsides and what have you every week. So whether I'm controversial or not, I don't know. It's kind of, I personally think a yellow was the right decision. I know Siobhan's come in late. She's, she is high, but I don't just come in any way that it's dangerous on an opponents. It's a bit reckless, yes. And I could see you're going to see your, your point, but also, like you say, orange is probably the right kind of colour for, for that thing, but also there's no such cards. It's one that could have been either way, so I don't think really blame the referee for giving a booking, and I think the fact that Hibs were at that point four goals down, and it gets to the stage where you're just you're frustrated, obviously. If the then, I think the referee's probably taking that into consideration rather than just throwing away a red that could have then seen Celtic grab another few goals, so it's, it could have been either way, but I don't think we are booking. Yeah, um, I, I know there's a, a lot of opinion about that one on Twitter, so by all means, have continue with your opinions if you've got them. Um, yeah, for me, I think if a Tina read, I wouldn't have been surprised. I think it's probably my, my take on that one. But we'll move on and we'll get away from Friday night um, and we'll talk about Sunday. Um, so Sunday, we were, had a full card, obviously, minus the Friday night game. And we'll start with Glasgow City 5, Hearts nil. Um, come to win for Glasgow City, Campbell goals from Rachel McLaughlin, Aoife Colville, Tyler Toland, Jenna McClark and uh, Maddie Fulton with an underside of the crossbar aesthetic which we love um, I think we were expecting a, a pretty straightforward win for City um, I, I, I put the second because of the Champions League but I don't think I've got tons to say about this one Campbell, it was kind of as expected Yeah it was a comfortable win I mean, in fact City can make seven changes from the Valor game last week and then 
still run out as comfortable as he has because obviously the, the strength and depth they've got in comparison to Hearts. Um, the early goal, you can maybe split the floodgates to open a bit, but I think you've got to give credit to Hearts how they held out. Um, and then the second goal, it's, it's poor really if Bukova has got space to shoot and then the keeper kind of drops it through as well. And when that happens right at the start of the second half, it's going to knock your confidence. And then obviously another few goals kind of later on kills it off. Um, it had some gloss to the scoreline for City. I think, again, they'll still be tired, like I've mentioned, the changes as well. They'll kind of, it's just a professional performance and one. Scott Booth will be very pleased with him. Like you said, there's not too much to say. Um, I think despite her mistake, Charlotte Parker-Smith looked to play quite well for Hearts. There were some good saves in there as well. So, if I mentioned for that, but yeah, like you say, it was, I think it's the result everyone saw coming. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, 17 inches. I think they said eight in the commentary. So, I'll let you debate that way. Um, Stephen, I think he was doing the commentary on, on Sunday for that game. But yeah, um, lots of changes. And I think for City, especially after another penalty shoot of victory in the Champions League, um, away to Valour, I think it was very much a case of making sure they get the job done and, and doing it comfortably. And they have done. And as we, I've talked about before the league has that familiar look to it with Glasgow City at the top of the table. Um, but let's talk about the Champions League, Campbell, because obviously the draw for the Champions League was today. Um, and they've been drawn against Sparta Prague. Um, Sparta Prague, who are not Slavia Prague, um, as we were talking about before the podcast, because I started talking about Slavia Prague and Campbell's like, what are you on about? But um, Slavia Prague did uh, play uh, Hibs in the Champions League last season, uh, beating them 9-2 in aggregate, 5-1 win in Prague and a 4-1 defeat at Easter Road. The reason why I brought up Slavia Prague was that last season, both them and Sparta basically went head-to-head for the title. So it's probably an indication of the kind of level that Glasgow City are going to be coming up against in Sparta Prague. Of the teams that they could have faced, Campbell, there was bigger names in terms of European context. Ajax, Benfica stood out and Sabet were the other option. But I think in terms of women's football pedigree, Sparta Prague were maybe the, the toughest. I mean, as you say, if when folk look at it, you just see the names when City are saying these are the teams we could draw. But once you look closer, like you've said, it's, it's different in the women's game to it as in the men's. So, I mean, like you mentioned, obviously we saw Slavia last year. I'm going to... It's not you that struggles with these abbreviations. I think Slavia and Sparta might associate with them last. But um, seeing, seeing Slavia last year, either road where Hibs played pretty well against them early doors and they kind of showed their class. So if Sparta are of a similar sort of similar level, like you've said, I'm not sure who came out top in the league. I've not been doing my check research. But um, it would certainly make it a difficult game for City. But again, that's two games so far where City haven't played very well. I think they'll admit themselves. But Again, they've used that experience to win through it. It's another couple of penalty shootouts where Lee Alexander's obviously heavily involved. Again, they've played at the later stages of the Champions League. A few times, obviously, they've played there more than Sparta have in previous seasons. So it will be a tough game, but again, City are always one that know kind of how to, they know how to manage these games. And in Europe, again, sides, like, they tend to find a way through. It'll be an intriguing time. It's definitely not an easy one for them, but you have to just feel, from our perspective, having seen City and what they've done before, that they're going to have a chance. That's one again. Scott Buffo certainly have his side set up well for it. I think I'm right in saying the mystery players that join Rangers, so that will make a difference. But City are going to have to go there with confidence. If they can keep up the form they've got in the league and in Europe before they get to that game, then they're not going to go in and think, oh, we're losing this here. So it's City can keep that positive mindset and there's no reason why they can't do well, but like you say, it's, it's definitely a difficult task. Yeah, um, I think it's definitely tough. I mean, Ajax Benfica are two of the clubs that are part of the, the, the current wave of big sides investing in the women's team and, and kind of try to bring some of their more recognisable faces back back to their home countries. Um, so, I mean, I think those two would have been tough and severe in that same kind of vein as well when you think about how Scotland and Switzerland tend to match up uh, internationally. But yeah, it's, I, I think it's probably, it's a stage of the tournament now where it's going to always be a little bit tough. And I think the group that they were handed potentially to draw in as well was was quite tough in that respect. Um, you've mentioned obviously that the fact that we three players coming out, obviously Kaylin Meeky just finished her season in Sweden and she is, I think now back in the UK, if I've understood uh, Instagram stories correctly. Um, so she will obviously be a welcome addition to the City squad in that respect. Alex, I would imagine that there will be a couple more faces coming in to kind of match up with that. Uh, before we move off of Champions League, Campbell, we need to talk about one thing, which is we did, both did predictions last week in the podcast and um, your man here predicted that it'd be one each 
and Glasgow City would win on penalties and Lee Alexander would say penalties and that happened so kudos to me um, I'm number one champion let's go on to the next game um, yeah so let's move back to SWPL and uh, let's go to Forfa Farmington 1 Rangers 3 this is a game on uh, the BBC Sports Scotland website um, this is the first game I've actually been able to catch because I've not been out early I've, the game I ended up going to was up a little bit later on it's quite I, I thought it was quite a good like look on screen Campbell like you had Station Park a very uh, recognisable ground in Scottish football context um, you obviously had Stuart Mitchell on commentary with you with uh, Emma Black so you had a couple of people who know about the game I, I, and it looked good because it was like in kind of HD quality I, I quite liked like watching it like that um, what, what's, what's been your take of the kind of BBC Sports Scotland coverage I, I was quite impressed on Sunday if I'm being honest well I mean they're, they're our national broadcaster so they've got to be of a higher level and I think having Stuart on is definitely a good addition to that I think Iona Ballantyne as well as the host has been doing well and they've had good guests on each time as well so I mean the, the coverage is good I think like you say having it at Station Park made a difference to previous games where I know Graham never went ahead, but it's not exactly a great place to watch football, and neither was K Park. So, I mean, it was good to see it in a proper ground, as it always is. But um, I think the BBC folks seem to be doing a good job. And I mean, as long as you're getting to watch football, that's really the main thing. And there seems to be good numbers on these uh, online videos and uh, online streams, sorry, when they're on. So, I mean, folk are watching it, and that's good. There's something, obviously, Alba as well had the game on Friday night, and they're getting more on. Again, you're just seeing more games. So I think the coverage overall, regardless of where we're getting it, we're going to be pleased to be able to see it. And from what I've been told and the highlights that I've seen, it was also a pretty good game and enjoyable watch. So it's definitely good that we're getting these games on TV and getting them to a bigger audience that can then hopefully come back to watch women's football whenever that may be possible again. So there's definitely plenty of positives from it. Yeah, um, I think it's important to, because I was quite critical with the Celtic Heart situation a, a few weeks ago. Um, so I think it's quite, I think it's only fair that I point out that when I've, I really enjoyed the, the, the kind of first kind of 40 minutes I watched um, before heading out and then coming back to watch the rest. Um, but yeah, in terms of the game, uh, a 3-1 win for Rangers. Uh, it was pretty competitive opening half. And then the goal's been given, I've seen Brogan Hay being given the goal. It was given as a Fiona McNichol own goal um, during coverage. Uh, across and then it kind of seemed to slip through Fiona's arms and into the back of the net. Shanili made amends uh, a few minutes later. Lizzie Arnott uh, finally getting a first goal for Rangers, um, but our penalty initially saved, but the ball kind of spun in the line and Lizzie was the kind of first to, to kind of tap it in from as close as physically possible. Um, I think it's probably fair to say, Campbell. And then Donna Patterson scored <laughs> again, like seventh goal of the season. She is leading away in SWPL. It's probably the, the goal of the game from Donna. Uh, it was, I mean, the two goals are very, very scrappy, and the second two are both really, really good goals to watch. I mean, feel a bit for Forfar, obviously. Rangers getting the deflection. I think it was Jade Lindsay that came off for the first one. Then, like you say, if you want to make a good save from the penalty, and the ball just spins back for, for Lizzie to tap it in. So that's that's not great. But then, just Donna Patterson seems to not only be scoring goals, but scoring absolute rakers, and she's done it again. Um, and it's given Forfar something to hold on to in that game and again they've seen an improvement for them this season they're giving teams that good challenge but it appeared to be a very professional performance for Rangers like I said they got some luck with the first two goals but probably come out on top deservedly I think and it's a fantastic finish for Clay Gemmell as well for their third so it was it looked quite an, an exciting game and one that I'm sure yourself and anyone else that watched it would have enjoyed so it's a good win for Rangers better performance I think from Rangers compared to what we've seen maybe in previous weeks but the reports are forfeit to take there as well. So I think either side will be too downhearted with the, the performances. So it's, yeah, an exciting one. Yeah, I, I mean, with the Rangers' performance, um, I, I, it was better. I don't think it was markedly better um, because, as you mentioned, as we've talked about, the two goals were quite fortunate. And I still have a little bit, bit, bit of a concern when, I, when I've been watching Rangers is that um, if they don't get that early goal, it's breaking teams down. You saw that against Hibs, you've seen that against Spartans, and obviously against Celtic the other week as well. They, they didn't get in the score sheet, they had chances. So I think I think that's the one that Rangers also be very pleased to get three points after the defeat last week. And it's just again another case of them, I think, just continually looking to rack up points as a, as the season progresses. Um, last game in SWPL 1 was Motherwell 0, Spartans 2. 
um, as Rachel Harrison tweeted out, there was no controversy this week, Campbell, so we'll, we can both stand down. It's, it's all good. Well, there was a little bit because <laughs> uh, Catsmart got the opener, though I've seen it credited to Chelsea Watson and the Women's Fabulous website, but you've had a look at it and it's actually Georgie Crooks, we think, that's put the ball in the net. Um, and then Louise Mason getting a second for Spartans, who had moved back from Hearts, um, have, uh, having moved to um, at the tail end of last season during the SWPL2 campaign. She's now back at Spartans, and she got her goal as well. Um, Spartans are doing what we kind of thought they would do, Campbell, in terms of beating the teams that are round about them. Um, and they, that's him up to six points, obviously, after that very tough start to the season. Yep, I mean, you looked at the fixtures at the start of the season they had, and it was... A horrendous run, really, and then they're playing teams in four for a mother rule that you know are more likely to be around or below them in the table, and they've come through them with six points, two clean sheets. So your Debbie's going to be also very, very pleased with that. And it was again a professor's award they've been using a lot, but it came across in a professional performance with them, especially after the long delay with the injury, Ailey Tebbit. So for Spans to come out, get the goal pretty much straight after that, and then the second goal is also very well worked. It's it's good to see there's been. Catsmart obviously is the main sign in there, but there's they look a solid squad. I mean, they've kept pretty much the same team they've had for the last few years, but the likes of Louise Mason, Catsmart coming in are additions that they know are going to improve them. And Spartans are a team that I'd be excited to see how they get on. Maybe the next couple of times they come up against the likes of Hibs and Celtic, but there's it's a result they'd have expected and one they'll be very, very pleased with. So it's it's good to see them getting back to in winning ways over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's just, again, kind of testament to, I think, something that everybody who follows women's football knows, and maybe some people that are new to it maybe don't, is that Spartans are a solid SWPL1 team and they're going to prove that again. Um, in terms of fixtures in SWPL1, because there's Scotland national team games this weekend, there is no SWPL1 fixtures. Um, but when they do come back, Celtic will be at home to Forth of Farmington. Um, it'll be Hearts versus Hibs and then with Derby. Uh, Rangers are hosting Motherwell and Spartans against Glasgow City. But We'll probably talk about that a little bit closer to the time. So without further ado, Campbell, let's move into what is probably the greatest league in the world. I, I think I'm going to call it that because literally no chance of predicting anything any longer. Um, SWPL2. Um, let's start. We were both at an SWPL2 game this week just with the way, as, as I mentioned earlier, the way the restrictions working and being, being at games and stuff like that. Um, and we'll start at Glasgow Green at, at a new venue for me for SWPL football. Part of this 05, Aberdeen won. Um, Campbell, uh, yeah, I just didn't know where this came from. It was one of those ones where, uh, in terms of the game, let's let's try and be sensible. I'll talk about the game first and then we'll chat. So, um, yeah, I mean, Aberdeen didn't play badly. Uh, they scored a really good opener through Ailey Shore, who was back in the side. But uh, part of this whole I got uh, an equaliser just before half time. Jade Gallen, who has been in a really good run of form, um, kind of went full. Well, I tweeted at the time, Saeed Olawarian from uh, USA 94 for Saudi Arabia. But if you prefer George Weir for AC Milan against Verona in Serie A, or Gareth Bale against Inter Milan um, for Real Madrid, um, depending on your age, you're probably going to have a favourite out of those. <laughs> but yeah, running from halfway line, uh, riding a couple of tackles to put the ball in the net. And then straight after half time, uh, two goals in really quick succession, uh, both pretty good in their own right. Um, the first, uh, Karen McBriarty, who had signed from Celtic, uh, released down the right-hand side. Her ball was put across. A lovely little flick from Sophie Gallagher, who was played up top. And then another flick from Claire Doherty to put it in the net. Uh, the only gripe I have with that is that the highlights, unfortunately, Brian Ross was standing in front of everything that was going on. So you can't quite see the how good it was in person. But it was a really well-worked goal. And the same as second, uh, Sophie Gallagher, who had a really good game, actually, up top. Um, was a, a complete menace and with really strong run and finished to make it 3-1. From that point, Aberdeen kind of made a few changes, kind of chased the game, and Thistle managed to pick them off a couple more times. Um, a really good goal from Cheryl Rigdon, another one who is bang on form. I think it's her fourth over the season now. Uh, she kind of, like, knee-touched it over the, the Aberdeen defender uh, and kind of rifled it in. Gail Gilmer probably could have done a little bit better in stopping it. And then for the second week in a row, Campbell, a former Aki's player, now trialistic part of this old Tegan McCann, um, not amiable at this time, uh, Tegan McCann scored the fifth um, to round out a 5-1, 5-1 win that um, I can't believe, because you know I can't believe it, Campbell, because I was basically tweeting you a, an update basically every time a goal happened, and you know when I do that, it's because I'm like, I need to talk about this with somebody, and I just didn't have anybody to do it with uh, on Sunday. That's a, that's a, 
fantastic result for Thistle. Fantastic, so what that went with here as well. Um, I, I mean, I saw a tweet saying Aberdeen is laying, and you on the official, and I was like, right, go to see what's going on. And then next thing you know, it was five one. It was one of the results within the coming this week, I think. Um, especially for this one coming from behind, like Aberdeen seem to, when they get in front, they're really hard to stop. They, I don't want to say they're a confidence team, but I think when they get a few goals in front, you can see the players playing with that wee bit more freedom. So for this one to come back, and then hit them for five is impressive. And that's what we picked about at the start of the season has been a team you'd expect to be at the top end of the table there. Um, like Sammy Bullock and Karen McBreedy, you've mentioned that have came in, obviously, played Doherty, Dave Gallon again. They've got players that know what it is to, what it's like to play at this level. And they're a team that you fancy will start picking up points. And they went through that wee blip a few weeks ago with defeat to St Johnston and to Aki's and drawing with Ed and United things earlier on in the season. So they've really changed that around and had which has been a full of emphatic victories in the last few weeks. Like, it's probably not one we saw coming, we'd expect them to give Aberdeen a game, but to win as comfortably as it did is, is definitely a big surprise, but it's, it's a fantastic result for Brian Graham's side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and after the game, I spoke to Brian just to get his thoughts on the performance, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, honestly, it's a great great performance, obviously. They've come down here in the back of six, six victories, and we knew it was going to be a really tough afternoon, but... We had a game plan and I think the girls worked it to a, to a T, if I'm being honest. They, they followed every instruction and when the chances came along, they took them. Yeah, also in the half-time one each, were you a little bit disappointed at the, the score at half-time? To be honest, like I think they've actually scored against the run of play. I think we've kind of been on the front foot dominating the game. And But you've you seen their quality, they've actually scored a really good goal. It's not as if it's a mistake or something, it's just it's a great ball in, it's a great header from the girl and they're 1-0 up. And you're sitting there at the side and you're a wee bit disappointed. but. Got to hold your hands up to the girls, they rallied well and they got level. But and then our goalkeepers had to make a save on the stroke of half time, where it's a bit one of the girls have t- switched off and we've let them in. But it's a good save with Nicole again, 1 1. And we had a wee chat with them, but I was delighted with them, if I'm being honest, at half time. And the way they came out and started the second half was absolutely fantastic. I mean, both, both the goals after half time were, were really good. Um, Karen McBearty is also one of the players you brought in over the week. Yeah. She obviously the assist for Claire Doherty. But yeah, the way you, you must have been delighted with the way they started. Yeah, the definitely. The interchange for some of the goals to go 2 1 and 3 1 up was excellent. I was really, really happy for Sophie to get her goal today. She'd been chopping at the bit to get a game, and last week she came on and set up three, three goals for us. And today she got her just rewards, and I'm absolutely thrilled for her. But as a whole, together, like. The equaliser today, Jade Gallon's run happily for the pitch, and it's a hell of a, a hell of equaliser. We just built confidence from that, and it's, I've been saying to them since day one about winning mentality, and slowly but surely getting there. And I'm, I'm really very proud of the girls today. I think like the five-one scoreline is obviously going to make the headlines, but I was genuinely impressed with um, how part of this will play. As I said, Aberdeen, I don't think played badly. I think they weren't at full pelt from what I've seen them before. But uh, Partick Thistle were just really good. I thought they retained the ball very well. They had good movement. I thought Karen McBriarty for for her, her debut for Thistle was excellent. Um, I think she offers a lot. She was kind of playing up and down uh, one side, but she was kind of switching quite a bit as well. I, I just thought it was a really good display from Thistle. And I think when I think about watching them at the start of the season, which is something I mentioned to Brian after the game, I just I thought that they looked decent. But... What really struck me was the substitutions he made, and now all of a sudden Campbell seemed to have quite a deep squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shannon Todd came in, obviously, Karen McBreedy, you've mentioned him, Bully, Tegan McCann, and then as left side, the players that are already there. They've, you look at Sophie Gallagher as well, starting at the weekend, who is used to coming off the bench. I mean, you've got the likes of Emma Craig and Suzanne Mulvey, who are then not there. It, it really does show that strength and depth this will have, and it's not that they've just got there that they thought they might come in that the players they know come in and they'll do as good a job as the players as the players that are doing the part well so there's definitely plenty of positive signs for them and it's a case of making sure they stick to that I think because like we say we've seen them dropping games they really shouldn't be earlier on in the season and previous years as well so it's, there's definitely a lot of positivity in there and it's just a case of can they carry that along and you have to hope that they will because when they're on form like that they're clearly very very good to watch so, yeah, I mean, part of this one now, obviously, up to second, uh, five points behind Aberdeen. But for Aberdeen, I mean, it's it's our first defeat of the season. But as I've just mentioned, they're, they're five points clear. Is it just a case of them, we obviously, kind of have to go back and regroup ahead of next week? Definitely. I mean, 
I think we're all forgetting Aberdeen have only just been promoted and they're a very young side as well. So it's obviously going to dent confidence, but can they then regroup? Like you're saying, I think if they can if they can do that and then bounce back with some of their games, I know they're at home, I think it's Kilmarnock next week. So that's a game they'll look at as one they can take three points from. And obviously going up to Aberdeen is never easy. Their home form has been very good this season. And it's going to be very good with the travelling that sides are going to have to do up there. But on the, on the flip side of that, when they haven't travelled down here, sometimes you're going to get bad results on Sunday. There's a case of that, so it's going to be tough. They're good to test their resolve and their mentality to see how they do bounce back, but you've got a good management team up there and you would you would fancy Aberdeen won't be, won't be too affected by this result, but it, it will be interesting to see if they are in any way. Yeah, and you've mentioned already, Campbell, so the nice transition into the next game, which is uh, Kilmarnock against Glasgow Women, which is where you headed to on Sunday. Um, one win for Kelly. Do you want to give us a, a breakdown of the game um, from what you saw? It's, it's an odd game. Um, Glasgow Women had most of the play, but the way they were going, they could have played all night and just not scored. I mean, Susie Wyatt had a great chance early on. Yeah, Siobhan Honeyman had hit the bar and then Susie somehow missed from about seven yards out, volleyed wide. And then from Kelly's goal kick, it's just been booted long, but Morgan Hunter flicked on. Good ball through for Jill Slowey and then um, Kirsty Monroe took it round Chloe Nicholson in the goal and stuck the ball in the net. And Kelly didn't have many chances, but I think a big thing that stood out on Sunday was they seemed to be a lot more streetwise. They know how to manage the game compared to Glasgow. I mean, even just things of like, we fibbles here to kind of stop the stop the momentum and then once if a player just kind of stands front of the ball just to slow things down, whereas with Glasgow they maybe wouldn't. And that that certainly does stand out to them. Um, obviously, Laurie McGregor's still out, but Morgan Hunter, she came in and was very vocal and um, as a good replacement for Wincy's away. And Kelly, you look at them where and Laura Neal and Amy Burrows, they've probably got the best centre-back pair in the league. Laura McGregor, like we've mentioned, probably the best goalkeeper in the league. But for me, they just still lack an attack. I mean, like I said, they can manage games to win them. But going forward, they really seem to lack so much. I know Jill Slowey's come in, and she wasn't really involved too much on Sunday by, you know, by the goal. But her experience could be useful in there. Josh Fletcher came on and Again, it's still young, still learning, so it's going to be tough for them um, going forward. I know we've got obviously Becky got come back in a few weeks as well, but they, they was like I think it was just that 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 streetwise and kind of know how was the big difference because Glasgow women had so much of the ball, but I mean the chance in the first half, Taylor Hamels had a good chance as well, and at the second they weren't doing too much until Morgan Hunters made a great save from a header from a corner quite late on, but they just never looked putting the ball in the net and they're, they're a strange team because I've seen them a few times this season um, against Stirling Union obviously they were fantastic and against Ackies they deserved their win there and here again like I've said they've had most of the play but when you go a goal down as early as they did they just couldn't really fight back through it and they got a bit frustrated and there was two very probable red cards that they possibly got away with there but for Kilmarnock it's a good sign for them that despite not playing to the best of their abilities, they've still come away with three points. And again, I'm kind of still trying to process in my head as to what happened. But Kilmarnock, it's a third win of the season for them. And then that's exactly what they're going to do. That's why I know Andy Gardner, speak to him afterwards, was really pleased with the way they kind of grinded it out. And it's that um, that streetwise, like, like I've mentioned, the fact as well that they've got such a solid defence, it gives Kilmarnock a good, build, a good base to build on. And if they can continue that, then there's no reason why they won't continue to pick up these wins. But Going forward for me, they still they still just lack something. While you're still processing the game, Campbell, because I know you're still at it, why don't we hear from Andy Gardner and Laura Neal from Kilmarnock and Lucy Rono from Glasgow Women, who you spoke to after the game? It was a, a hard-fought win this afternoon, Andy, but you've got to be pleased with that result. No, I'm delighted. And listen, we've, we've felt as if everything's been going against us over the last number of weeks and we've just had one of these seasons that probably you just don't want to have. And we obviously everything that happened with the, the, the virus and then players being out and then kind of having to rush back. We've, we've just been picking up injuries and stuff. And it's just great to see the girls get their... Their, their reward today, I thought they were great and they worked really hard. And listen, Glasgow girls are a great side. Like you've seen that quality that they've got, and to stick in that game, and even when it was kind of getting into the later periods in the game, like to go in game management um, was excellent, and go and kind of see out the game. 
just saying obviously they were, they're very strong side but you go that early goal I think that kind of helped that you had something to not hold on to but you had that that you could kind of you could work with uh-huh. we, we, we spoke about that a lot this week in into um, training that if we knew that if we could score early um, and, and, and get up in a game it would make such a difference to our team and I think you could see that today the confidence was there they were looking to go and play and we tweaked a few things um, and, and, and it's worked for us today and listen Glasgow girls are a great side Like there's, there's nothing taken away from them and they'll feel aggrieved today but um, that's sometimes just the way football is like we've had the luck of the green today we've took our chances uh, and we've, we've scored we probably should make it too um, we cast these unlucky she's probably tries to run her instead of just maybe going for the finish and if you go up 2-0 it's a completely different game Um so yeah, it's quite a feisty game as well. Times Glasgow seem to kind of react a bit more. So how pleased were you that your players kind of kept their head? Well, I think I think you've seen that it's one's a kick out, and then Alex has um, been caught at the end there. We I, I wouldn't say it's a punch, but are kind of say their heads cut, and the referee's given two yellow cards. So I'm a bit bemused by that, um, but for our girls, like credit to them because it's easy to get involved in that, and they've kind of stepped out the way and dealt with it professionally and mature. Obviously, had a few players missing, but you're getting a lot of them more kind of back into the squad now, and you're still picking up the results. How pleasing is that that you know they've got these big girls to come back in? Yeah, absolutely, and there's still a lot of players to come back. Um, so I think it will just be exciting for us that when we get our full squad back and we're all kind of pushing and being more competitive um, all around the pitch, and it's great to still pick up so many points. We're having such um, many injuries, and the results are crazy in this league. Like you've seen it today, like some crazy, crazy results, and, and that's just the way it's going to be. Everybody's going to beat each other, and we all take points off each other. So it's just about who can be consistent throughout the season and that'll be the ones that get promoted. Yeah, it's a, a very pleasing result for you. Obviously, what were your thoughts on your team's victory? Yeah, also I think we deserved the result today. We've obviously, the last couple of weeks haven't went um, the right way for us, but today I thought everyone in the team, um, we all won individual battles battles as a team and I thought um, overall we deserved the win. Glasgow obviously attacked you quite a lot, but you were pretty solid at the back. How pleasing is that for you? Yeah, we've been. I think we've been solid defensively um, for all the games since we started back. I've obviously enjoyed playing next to me, Burrow. She's an outstanding centre half, and the full backs as well. We Eva's come in, and she's every week she's been solid. And Amy Dock, she's great defending, but she's also got ability to go forward, which is good to add to our game as well. Yeah, there was chances against you early on, but you've then got what was an early goal. I think that kind of helps you that you've got something to not hold on to, but you can work with that. Yeah, definitely. It boosted the kind of team morale. As soon as we got that goal, you could tell everyone just started settling down a bit more, and we managed to keep the ball. So, um, also it's good to get the early goal rather than chasing the last goal at the kind of ninetieth minute. That's true. Um, obviously there was quite a, a couple of wee flash points. I think Glasgow were maybe a bit lucky not to have a couple of players sent off. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There's been a few, maybe two circumstances like in, during the game that could have been a red card quite easily, but um, obviously that's down to the ref to make that decision, not myself. Well, I spoke obviously didn't the, the teammates. <laughs> were there any angry feedback to that? I imagine something I mentioned in a group chat about the standard of the refereeing, but like I said, we just need to put it to the side and just focus on going into a good week of training for next week and that's it. Um, it's obviously a very disappointing result. What are your thoughts on the match? Yeah, it's um, it's really disappointing for us. I think the whole game. I think we dominated it, and I think it was really disappointing that we just weren't as clinical in the final third as we would like to be. Um, you know, I think we could have had four or five goals in that game that we've just we've hit the bar or we've not taken our chances, and it's disappointing for us. But it's something that we can go in training and work on and be better for next weekend. Yeah, a team that usually scores quite a few goals as well, so how disappointed are you that you couldn't today? Yeah, that's really, I think that's the most disappointing thing is that we did have chances to go on and take the game to them and I think, you know, if we'd have scored some of them it could have been a completely di- different game, we'd have settled into it a wee bit more, but, you know, that's football and we've just got to move on from it and pick ourselves back up, I think. Yeah, great chances, obviously, right at the start. How annoying was it that you then give away that goal right after it and then you're having to chase that for the rest of the game? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a bit disappointing to lose the goal when we did, when I think most of the, the game was getting played in their half. You know, we had two, two, chan- two really good chances to go and um, get ahead in uh, the game. And I think for them to go up and score, maybe took the wind out ourselves a wee bit. But I think we've got to have the resilience to pick ourselves back up um, for next week. It's quite a frustrating game, obviously, yourself and Abby both had some flashpoints. Do you think you were maybe a wee bit lucky to get away with something or was it just a case of just frustration? Um, yeah, I think we were maybe a wee bit lucky. I think, um, personally, I'm a wee bit disappointed myself. Um, just frustration got the best the best of me and I think it was just one of those that I'd had a few really bad tackles against me and it was just a bit of anger. But I know for a captain as well, I can't really be seen doing that. So, yeah, I'm a wee bit disappointed in myself, but I think it was just one of those games where the tackles were flying in everywhere and 
um, some of us just got frustrated. You're also back into action again next week. Do you think you just want to get this game, put it behind you and hopefully get another three points? Yeah, I think the girls will just need to show some fight next week and just work really hard um, in training and hopefully we can go and get a result on Sunday. Yeah, so uh, as I said just before we, we listened to that, uh, a good one for Kelly. You mentioned obviously the two kind of probable red cards. I was watching, as as everybody knows, I'm a mark for the football shorts music. I was watching the football shorts highlights. Um, it, uh, it definitely seemed like the Lucy Ronald one seemed like there was a bit more to it. I didn't really catch the other. Was it Abby McDonald, I think, was the other one, Campbell? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, maybe there's just a little bit of frustration. And I think for Glasgow women, We've we talked about at the start of the season how they can play some really good football, and maybe given how young the squad is, this is just kind of one of those games where it's a another step in their development potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the McDonald one was right across in front of right in front of the dugout, right in front of everyone where we were sitting, and it was. I mean, Shelley Campbell's pulled her arm; it's a foul. She was going to get the free kick, and Shelley was getting the booking, but like you say, frustration. Abby just turned around and booted her, and you can't do it. The referee's right there. How he's only booked her, I don't know. I think some of the Glasgow men staff themselves kind of knew it was stupid said at the time. And she did definitely get away with one, especially what it is. It was it's just needless. Like you say, frustration certainly is. Um, Ian Felusi there, obviously, she kind of said that about her one as well, which I haven't watched the highlights back. This was on the opposite side of the park. And I think there was a foul on her. The referee played on. And then there's another one where I'm not sure it was a foul, which is a bit went down. I didn't see it back. But again, she kind of. Like I said, I need to look at it, but appears to have lashed out at um, I think it was Alex Middleton, who's then picked up behind. So that it, I mean, that kind of suggests something's happened to it, and it wouldn't have surprised me on another day to have seen two red cards shown. It's up to the referee; he's not done it. And I think Kelly the Bench at the time was kind of frustrated, and rightly so. But like I said in my report, I think as well, there they'll be happy at the end of the day to have come away with the three points. And Glasgow themselves, oh, no, it was frustration. Abby and Lucy, are, they're not daft. They'll know that they can't do it and they'll know that they'll need to change that again because I mean not every time you're gonna get away with it. So it was a couple of a couple of daft petulant moments, but they'll they'll learn from that and like I say, you can't do it simply put. So at the end of the day it's a good win for Kilmarnock, but Glasgow just maybe need to be a wee bit more better better dealing with their emotions. I think probably the best way to put it. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, so let's move on and let's go up to Tayside. Um, Dundee United 2, Hamilton Ackies 1. Um, two first half goals from an on form Robin Smith, scoring a fifth of the season, and Stina Klepper um, uh, put United in control. Uh, Lauren Evans got a goal back for Ackies. Uh, for this one, I, I, I kind of had two things out. I think, first of all, for United, after a slow start to the season, Campbell, they seem to have found some decent form. And I think one of the most important things for that for them is that. With Danny McGinley out, who I think a lot of us had pegged as being one of the, the division's top goal scorers, players like Robin Smith and Stina have, have stepped up to the plate in terms of getting goals for them. Yeah, United, I mean, United last season kind of started slowly again and then second half season propelled themselves away up to third. They've done it again here where it's a good win for them. I mean, seven points in a week is a good return and they'll disappointed, obviously, not to take three points and Tuesday night against Class Gwoman as well. So from that, they'll be pleased. I think it, it looked quite a scrappy game from the Aki's highlights. I know United get them out, but waiting on them for a week is, is quite frustrating. So having to look at it from the Aki's point of view, where we've heard Aki's tell us that they were the better team, we've heard United say it the other way. So, I mean, it's tough to kind of judge it, but it's, it's two very scrappy goals they've got. But Stina and Robin have been in the right place at the right time to get them and United missed that for a few weeks you've seen some of the defeats they've had you look at the Thistle game we were both at where they had so many chances that they didn't take the fact that now they're going to take them is definitely a good sign for United there and they seem to be a lot more solid at the back as well Aki's obviously Barn had a goal that itself was quite scrappy but at the end of the day it's a very very pleasing result for United and like we say 7 points out of 9 is one is, is definitely something to be pleased with especially when you look at the fixtures that they've got over the next couple of months, it's, there's some def- definitely some favourable ties in there for them. And if United can keep this sort of form going, then it will be interesting to see where they go up to. And obviously, like other sides, you've seen the results over the week. And teams are going to team that you maybe not expect them to do so. So United will definitely be kind of up and around that area, I think, if they can continue this form. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another another disappointing result for from an Aki's perspective, um, Campbell, if, you, if you're obviously from, from the Aki's kind of team and coaching staff, they have brought in Josephine Giard, the former Celtic striker. She came on as a second-half substitute. 
Um, that's a that's a good signing, though, Campbell. I think she's definitely a player who I whenever I saw her in an SWP one, I thought was was a very decent player. And I think for SWP level, she could be very useful for Akis. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned before we start recording there, obviously, when Josie was kind of an important player for Celtic over the last few seasons and the change there and the players that are coming in, it's going to be tougher and it's, it's a great signing for Akis if they eventually decide to sign her permanently. And it's the sort of player they're needing because they, yet again, they're underperforming. And that'll be a worry for Gary and Bobby. I mean, we're obviously going to Dundee's never an easy task. United are, are a tough side to play against. But it's a game Hamilton will look at as one they can be taking points from. So to go and lose there, drop points but other games they wouldn't normally have done so is is definitely a worry for them and the likes of Josie could be useful coming in they've got the players there we've said we can see how strong the squad is but they're just they're, they haven't really been on the ball at all since they got back I mean other teams like you've seen Thistle obviously going and beating an Aberdeen side who'd previously been unbeaten United are winning games Aki's aren't careful then they could end up slipping further down that table so Josie should be a good signing for them but they do need to be careful because I mean, if you're not up points, there's only one way you're going. Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the things that's definitely true of this division, as I mentioned at the start, is it's very hard to predict what's going to happen week by week. But at the moment, it definitely feels like Aki's are, are well, they are chasing eight points behind um, Aberdeen at the moment, but they also remain only three points behind the teams in, above them, um, in spit, part of this one in particular. Uh, but yeah, uh, good one for United. And um, uh, it's always nice to see I like seeing different names scoring goals, and I feel like we're getting a right good breadth of that this season, which is, is entertaining. I haven't updated the line goal scorers yet because really busy at the moment, but I'll try and get around to it. Um, but let's move on to the next game. Burnhamier, Thistle 3, St. Johnson 2. Um, St. Johnson went 1-0 up through Rachel Todd before a Sammy Duncan equaliser, uh, one each at half time. And then there were three goals in six second half minutes. Um, Sammy Duncan uh, scoring our second of the game. Uh, before uh, Nicola Jameson own goal made it 3-1 for Boromir. Uh, Nicole Carter got a, a goal back to make it 3-2, but um, finished 3-2 for Boromir, so they held on for their second one of the season to move within a point of St. Johnson. Um, I had this earmarked as a game potentially go to, but Edinburgh's a little bit far in the current circumstance, so I decided not to. It was streamed um, live, which was good. Um, there wasn't any highlights, which I'd prefer. I think for me, if, if a game stream live, that's excellent. Um, thumbs up. I'm actually doing thumbs up as I say that, Campbell. Um, but uh, I think it'd be good if there were some highlights that go along with it um, as part of that. Um, it just makes it easier for people who want to watch the game and, and kind of do it, do it, and kind of see all the key moments. And you think about any sports program, it's all about that. But that that aside, Campbell, um, another good win for Birmingham uh, Thistle, and it's it's good to see all the teams that have been promoted now seem to really settle into the league. Mm-hmm. Um, like you say, the live stream is great, but I like highlights. It's frustrating. You know, I'm tearing my hair out at a few games this morning. Because we kind of get to evidence, nobody able to see things is irritating. But in terms of Boromir, that's two wins in the last three. And it is good to see them improving. Obviously, we all kind of feared them a bit after the Aberdeen swine at the start of the season. But St. Johnston are a team that had began their season so well and they've kind of come down. They're never going to be easy. But Boromir have went and just seen coming from behind to then lead by two goals. There's definitely plenty of positives for in terms of the match. There's not much I can say. Let's say all I've seen are the two St. Johnston goals that would both very well work. But for them, that positive start is kind of falling away. It's a big game on Sunday against Queen's Park, who, like Boromir, have just come up. But Boromir, definitely, there's, as you say, six points now. It wasn't easy start of the season, but another two wins for them. And picking up the table, picking up points, it's definitely very good to see. And it'll be interesting to see if they can a bit like Thistle, maybe even ride that sort of wave of confidence and hopefully Birmingham can kick on because they've got a very good sort of community set up there and it'll be good to see them doing that at the highest level as well. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the, the Purple Pathway, I think is a hashtag we use for it. Um, they are always very big on making sure they kind of highlight when they kind of give debuts to their players, which is great to see as well. Um, and yeah, I, I think Birmingham are a, a club that more people should know about just as a wider conscious consciousness in terms of women's football because I think they maybe go a little bit unheralded in that in that regard outside of the game but yeah a big one for them St Johnson down to eighth um, after as you mentioned that, that really strong start to the season they, they're scoring a lot of goals but they're conceding a lot of goals as well which makes for good good highlights when when you can see them but um, yeah uh, let's move on to the final game Southern University three Queen's Park three um, before we talk about the game Campbell 
we were kind of made aware of this during the week, but because we are not an official outlet, and I, I don't really know who who a lot goes on a lot of time <laughs> in that regard. Um, Craig, we knew that you know, Craig Brevage had stepped down as head coach with Tim Jones as an interim charge, and he was in charge for them to get their first point of the season. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like a cracking game, so again, it's a shame that we can't see any of it. Um, in terms of the result, though, I think it's, both sides will be happy, but they'll also be disappointed. I mean, for Stirling, it's your first point, but they've flown, thrown the lead away twice. I mean, they're ahead 2-0 at half-time, to then throw that away and then lead again with nine minutes to go, and then once again drop that. They'll be disappointed that they've not taken three points, but like I say, it's a point on the board, and they'll look to build on that. And then Queen's, I mean, the four unbeaten nine a point away from home is always good, but they will look at Stirling as a game they probably should be winning. So, a very entertaining watch, apparently, but... It's kind of a result that, in that they'll be pleased both sides at the same time, will also be kicking themselves not to come away with three. Um, yeah, I think Queen's Park would have gone into that game hoping to continue the, the positive momentum, momentum in terms of their start to the season. But for Stone University, importantly, they kind of get off the board, um, and it's a, it's a good way to do it. Um, they were obviously 2 0 up inside 18 minutes. Queen's Park pulled it back to, uh, to each, and it looked like um, it was going to be, it was going to be, oh, oh, too tired, man. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah, Queen's Park will probably be happy to get a point because then they scored a goal in the last minute. They're disappointed because they probably would have gone there with a view on three points. Well, Southern University will be happy to get a point. Um, as we mentioned, Greg Bevage is no longer head coach. Tim Jones was in charge. We saw them put an ad out for a new coach. Um, there's not really much else we can say because we haven't seen anything else about it, to be perfectly honest with you. So I've seen kind of the ad go up for a new coach. So we'll be interested to see who comes into that one. But uh, in terms of SWPL2 this week, there are fixtures, uh, even though SWNT are playing. Uh, St. John's are home to Queen's Park, which Campbell's already mentioned. It's Hamilton against Stirling University. Dundee are playing Burnham Your Thistle. Uh, it's part of this against Glasgow Women, could be an interesting one. And Aberdeen hosts Kilmarnock as well. So um, always interesting games in SWPL2, and it'll be interesting to see if Aberdeen can bounce back and whether any of the teams in the chase might can close that round down. But before we wrap up, we have SWNT news to talk about. Uh, Scotland are playing this weekend. Uh, they're playing Friday night away to Portugal and Tuesday at home to Finland. Before we get to the, the games, Campbell, though, the kind of big news of the week is that Shelley Kerr was one of the members of the Scottish FA staff to be requested to isolate and so therefore will not be available. She hasn't isolated for the next 14 days. So Andy Thompson will be assisted by Billy Stark and high-performance manager Paul Brownlee. I mean, in terms of timing for the national team, Campbell, this is this is right up there with not the best. No, it's I think a lot of it stemmed off the under twenty ones went away and then came back and a fair few players kinda of went away and that hampered. I know we've seen Aberdeen and Motherwell's men's teams kinda of playing at the weekend and then Jelly Kerr was in contact with one of the backroom staff there as well, I think which then obviously rules her out. So it's, it's frustrating in that it's nothing really she can do. We've all seen how COVID happens. It's going to come out of nowhere. It's been in this house as well. So it's, it's just a pain really that it's come, as you said, where if it could have waited two weeks, then it wouldn't have made much of a difference. But in what are probably the two biggest games of our group so far, we don't have our head coach. So it's it's really, really frustrating timing. But the way you can work everything nowadays anyway, I'm sure they'll still be able to be in contact with Shelley right all the way up until uh, the game on Friday and then Tuesday. So hopefully it won't affect Scotland too much. But given last, uh, last month or this month, whenever it was in Finland, um, these two results are going to be really crucial. And the fact is we say you don't have your leader there is hopefully not going to have too much negative impact on Scotland, but it's, it's not a good thing. Yeah, it's not ideal. So I know she's uh, kind of instructing remotely. Um, at the moment. Uh, I mean, I think probably one of the benefits is Andy Thompson has been our kind of our, our right-hand man for, for the kind of duration, so she will know, he will know Shelley particularly well and they will be very well prepared for the two games, but it is two games where yeah, you, you would you'd want your, your head coach in the dugout for sure. Um, on the plus side, Lisa Evans, Kim Little, Jen Beattie, Chloe Arthur, Fiona Brown, all back as we record 
um, as Campbell has already mentioned, we're living in strange times at the moment, so as it stands, they're all back in the squad, which can only be a boost. Um, first game Friday night, uh, both games are in BBC Alba. The first game Friday night, uh, away to Portugal. And, I mean, Portugal are a point ahead of Scotland in the group just now, but they only defeated Syracuse 1-0 uh, thanks to their own goal in the second half. Realistically, Campbell, what's what's a good result for Scotland and Portugal? Um, I think at the start of the group, I'd have said a point, but after going to Finland, being the better team and then coming away with nothing, it's kind of in that must-win territory for Scotland at this point, especially with Finland at home. Both games, for me, I think you really need to be looking at winning because we know how three very good sides that I think it's only one spot, maybe two through a playoff or something, for getting into any actual tournament itself, you, you really need to be up and as we've seen from the table and looking at Scotland's fixtures and points and things so far, and what's to come up, sorry, it's going to be the case where any more drop points could end up being fatal. So for Scotland, for me, it's it's got to be a win in Portugal and then again in Edinburgh next week. You don't want to put pressure on them, but I think it's, it's definitely games where you need to be going and going right. Anything less than three points isn't really what we're after. Yeah, so we've played the same number of games as Portugal. We've got a game in hand in Finland, but we're four points behind. It's a bit messy at the moment. In our, in our group particularly, I was having a look through all the groups earlier on, and in the Scottish group in particular, the fixtures are all over the shop. But um, yeah, I think it's a really important game uh, in terms of getting a result. It's it's huge to have. I mean, Kim Little will get a lot of fanfare quite rightly in terms of her being back. But I think Lisa Evans being back is is massive as well. The, the outlet that she can offer, um, and obviously re- reinforcements on defence from Jen Beatty and more options up top with Fiona Brown and Chloe Arthur coming back in. If we don't win on Friday against Portugal, Campbell, say say the say we draw. So we say we draw a stay in Portugal, it then makes that Finland game huge because, as you mentioned, the top teams qualify for the final tournament and the three best runners-up automatic qualifies. Otherwise, they go into a playoff. So anything other than a win puts massive pressure on that, that Finland game in terms of going for that top spot. Yeah, then, then you have to tag a Finland game as must-win if we don't win on um, Friday night. I mean... The players will know it themselves. Scotland just mentioned some of the names coming back in. They've done it before. You've seen in the World Cup campaign going away to Poland and having to win there. They then beat Switzerland, not by enough, but managed it because Switzerland themselves then dropped points. And when it gets to that stage of you're relying on other teams, it's never great. You want it to be a case of, right, we can go out, win our game, and that's all that matters. But when Scotland going out and saying, right, we need to win, and told others else go your way, it, it really isn't great. So Three points on Friday would be massive and would take a bit of the pressure off for Finland coming to, coming to the capital next week. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And as as we always say in the podcast, Campbell, it's something that's certainly within the capabilities of the squad that we have at the moment, even during this unique set of circumstances. Um, I was just having a real look as well to see how the ranking of second place teams go. And even a point will help in that regard. But yeah, I think the aim should certainly be three points. And then you take on Finland at home, as you'd expect. I mean, when I think back to that Finland game, Campbell, we, we played well without threatening, I think it's fair to say. And then Finland had that kind of five-minute spell where they just kind of blew us away. I, do you expect, I mean, do you expect, first of all, do you expect Portugal to come at us, given the fact that they know our win would give them a bit of daylight? Um, and then for the Finland game, how do you think that one will go? I think that international football, a lot of the times when it's, evenly matched countries, you'll see the home team maybe sides a bit more than Finland when they come, I probably expect them to maybe sit back slightly, and they did, even in the previous game, when Scotland were on top we could take any chances, I mean Finland where they did, so that, that kind of being clinical is, is huge obviously it's still just really frustrating that, that night because we were the better team for pretty much a whole game and then give away a really really soft goal so you, you can hope that maybe Portugal will come out as a wee bit and kind of open up. It suits Scotland better. You look at the Albania game where we won, we went great because trying to break these teams down is never it's never easy. So hopefully Portugal are a wee bit more expansive. And like, I mean, like you say, if we don't pick up three points there and then to Finland to themselves, we'll know they, they could take a point from Easter Road and be happy with it. You'll maybe see them kind of sit back and be tough to break down again. So it's not going to be an easy window for Scotland, but Hopefully the players can fight through it and pick up the important points that we need. Yeah, and we have absolute faith that they're going to do it, Campbell. Um, absolute faith. Um, and as I said, those games will be on BBC Alba. Um, so 
make sure you tune in to our Pals in the Gaelic channel um, to watch Scotland obviously help put, the, put themselves well and truly on the path to the Euros. But for now, that wraps up for this week. So, Campbell, thank you very much as always, my friend, for coming on. Yeah. I know. Cheers, Chris. It was a bit of a long pod, I think, with some stuff that we had. But overall, again, it's pretty positive stuff and hopefully Scotland can continue to have a good mood. Yeah, absolutely. So um, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for everybody who gets in contact to talk about the podcast, uh, who shares it, likes it, subscribes, all that stuff. It's awesome. We've obviously got the killing pods that we did up a, a while ago up with uh, Lauren Neal and Shelley Campbell. Uh, an interview with Abby Harrison dropped last week as well. And yeah, just stay tuned. Um, but for now, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.